you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, joined once again by Sam Fetterman. Sam, it's been a little while, but we're happy to have you back. And today, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. Always. And today we're talking about the Beantown, the Boston Red Sox, and what the heck has happened. Because talk about a fall from grace, Sam. Hopes were high. The Red Sox got our hopes high. And now it seems like we might be leveling off. Tell us your thoughts on what's happening. I mean, this was a team that, I mean, most had projected in the, in like the 80s for wins. And, I mean, like, that seemed pretty good at the time. But and then they got swept in their first series and everyone – starting with doomsday stuff but then like after that they won however many games in a row and it felt like 2018 at at some points but this team had a 2013 red sox feel to it for a lot they found ways to win baseball games that they really shouldn't have Mm -hmm. um like the like that yankees game um on june 6th um where barnes got that gift of a call um oh that's right i remember that and that um the other yankees game with the brooks crease game where they came back and then the next game where they came back um like that sunday when they came back the comeback team they were for however long the best team at come from behind wins in major league baseball they how they've like beat they won like their first seven or eight games against the yankees the Yankees were spiraling out of control, and the Red Sox were, um, were what, four and a half games ahead of second place? Um, yeah, on July 5th, the Red Sox were, um, on, on July 5th, the Red Sox were, um, what, four and a half games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. and the, and ten and a half ahead of the Yankees, and then since then, the Red Sox are sixteen and twenty are are, six, are seventeen and twenty three, um, and the Yankees are thirty and eleven. And what is the issue here? I mean, it's quite. I mean, you look at in the second half of the season, it's quite simple. They can't they can't win the games that they were winning. Right. That's it. You know, I think in the first yeah. half, the Red Sox were winning ball games that they shouldn't have. This second half, they're losing ball games that they would win in the first half, but 
we notice it now because of that they won these games in the first half. Exactly. And they're also losing games that they should be winning. Right. No, that's that's exactly right. And I think that's kind of what I figured wouldn't be sustainable was how many come from behind victories we had. I, I was thinking to myself, okay, but when does this end? Like, is there is it ever going to end? And I think it kind of has, hasn't it? Definitely. Um, obviously, today was weird. But, like, this was a game that they should have been winning in the first place. Yes, absolutely. Um, like, this is not a game that, like, we're talking about as, oh, my God, come from behind win against a good team. It was the Texas Rangers. Right. Sub-500. Yeah. Or one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Um, you should you should be beating those teams. You shouldn't need to come from behind to win those games. Mm-hmm. And I think that the main thing for the Red Sox is that in this stretch um, where they haven't been winning games, you look at their numbers in high leverage, and they lead the league in strikeout rate in high leverage. Yep. They're... 27th in on-base percentage in high leverage. This is since July 7th. Now, can you explain to... Now, I don't know what high leverage is, and I'm assuming some of the people listening. Can you explain it, what high leverage is? Like, so, leverage index basically takes the game situation, and like it takes how much win probability is at stake, and depending on that, it, there's low leverage, medium leverage, and high leverage. Mm-hmm. High leverage is like the most t- tense and clutch of scenarios. Right. So, like, if the bases are loaded in the ninth inning... With a two in a two run game with two outs, that's like extreme high leverage. Gotcha. Like obviously, like there's not like there's like maybe a two outs and a runner on third in a one run game in the fourth. That could be high leverage. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not. I'm not, actually not sure. But like, but that's just an example of but what the it Red is. Sox are 28th in WRC plus, which is basically just an all all encompassing offensive stat. They're the 28th best hitting team in high leverage since July 7th. And if you want to look at before July 7th, the Red Sox were what? Because I think they were like one of the better teams. They had to be. <laughs> they had to be. With one yeah, all- they were second. So they went from second to 28th. Right. And again, like the Seattle Mariners, who, by the way, I think the Mariners are – ridiculous they have like the highest high leverage wrc plus ever i think at season Mm -hmm. um but like we look at what the red sox have done this year and they've actually been good in low and medium leverage over the last month and a half but the high leverage has been awful they've been like as a team 44 percent below average hitting Mm -hmm. and they were 21 percent above average hitting coming into that stretch in high leverage. Right. And that's just variance like that. Like, obviously there was regression, like, but you can't expect that. And I think that it's the just absolute death of everything on this team that they are losing winnable games. Like if they were like, if they were just being outplayed, that's different. They're outplaying themselves. There's the strikeout rate that I mentioned that was the worst in the league in high leverage right. um, since July 7th. It was the second best before July 7th. The team was like, they were avoiding strikeouts like the plague before this. Right. 
And then all of a sudden, boom, now they're striking out all the time in high leverage. Mm-hmm. What are and, the, what, now, let me ask you, what are the odds this team makes the playoffs this season? Okay, so it's actually really interesting because right now this team um, is – Fangraphs, I think before today, had them at a 75.6% chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a little bit generous. I actually do. I think that as well. But I do see that if this team can get hot, um, there's a chance. Right. I mean, it's going to come down to how many games will the Oakland A's lose, how many games will the Yankees lose, and how many games will the Red Sox win. Right? I mean, that's Obviously. really – But I think that the key – I think the key for the Red Sox – down the stretch. It's not even the clutch hitting that needs to change. Um, because, like, clutch, the sample size is pretty small. The variance is going to bring it back to at least, like, they're not they're not going to sustain this bad. I mean, we just saw it today. They had a walk-off grand slam. Right. The, those, those, the stats that I was mentioning did not. You cannot sustain it. this bad of play. <laughs> like, it's not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it does, that, that stuff doesn't happen for good baseball teams. Right. Um, and, like, yes. This is a good baseball team. I don't care about, like, I don't care. Like, this is a good baseball team. Nothing can tell me that this is a bad team. Right. They are, as as a team, seventh in WRC+, Plus, which is uh, which is the offensive stat I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. And they are, what? Um, let me just pull it up. Yeah, they, no worries. They, um, and they're... Tenth in XFIP, which is a pitching stat that takes strikeouts, walks, and fly balls, and basically says it it estimate it actually estimates pretty well like a deserved deserved outcomes or expected outcomes, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty predictive of the future. So this is a top this is a borderline top ten offense and a borderline top ten pitching staff. Right. The issue has come for the Red Sox really that they've not been able to put it together recently. Right, not been able to put a good pitching performance together with a good hitting performance. You look at the pitching recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullpen has completely imploded. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yes, 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 absolutely. And who do, who do we blame for that? Do you blame Matt Barnes? Do you blame Cora? Do you, sorry, do you blame the players? Do you blame Cora? Who, who's to blame? I think that everyone has blame here. I agree. I think that I, there's I, one person that I think doesn't get enough blame. Is that and that's and that's Christian Vasquez. Um, CV, you're gonna my, trash my man, CV. Yes, I am going to. Um, All right, hit me with the it. The guy was he was undeniably a pretty good, pretty good player for the Red Sox, and he's been pretty good for a while defensively and offensively over the last two seasons before this year, he was good. But this year, the offense has fallen off completely. Fair. And the defense, we look at his pitch calling ability is just like completely gone. And this is one of the things that we don't have advanced metrics for game calling. So it's really, you really have to use It's really, it's usually eye test, right? And it's bad. This guy calls meatballs he basically decides 
before the at bat, all right, I'm going to have my pitcher throw one pitch in this at bat. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. So, all right, Whitlock, you're going to throw four fastballs in a row. Um, like Whitlock, there's a, there's a, and, uh, or Barnes, you're going to throw just fastballs. Um, you're Eduardo, you're not going to use your changeup. Um, Sale, um, we're just going to go a couple, a couple changeups. Um, you, you see, like, it's just that it's the same, it's the same pitch over and over again. Right. And he likes, he likes the same locations. It's, it's the same too, stuff. it's too predictable, right? It's so predictable. And no, that's, that's a very good point you make. And that's something and that, that I actually hadn't considered as of, as of yet. If we look, and my favorite example of this is the Sunday night baseball game against the Rays, where Brandon Lau was at a 3 2 count. And Pavetta was on the mound, and base, this was in um, Tampa. And again, Lau is a good hitter. Yeah, solid. I mean, the guy the guy can hit. He's one of he's one of the he has I think what 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 is he ranked right now in the American League in home runs? Because I think that like he's because when it, he is Brandon Lau is top is tied for sixth in the AL in home runs. So mm-hmm. like this is a guy that, that we know can hit the ball out of the park. And on three two, they basically just decide to throw him a fastball. Sorry, it was a changeup, middle middle, which like just, just you can't do that to a good hitter. No, absolutely not. Um, now let me ask you because. You know, I, I agree with you, and I think that you bring up a very interesting point about Christian Vasquez and the calls that he's making um, in regards to the, the pitching staff. Let me ask you, do you think that the, the moves, or I guess the lack of moves that the Red Sox made at the deadline hurt them going forward? I don't at all, because I look at this Red Sox team right now, and I'm trying to say, okay, does Anthony Rizzo make this team win games? Does... And I don't think that it does. And, like, we look at Rizzo, mm-hmm. and, like, does it, like, first of all, he, he went out with the COVID. And, like, if you take away his first two games, he's been, uh, if you take away that first, those first two games with the Yankees, he's been atrocious with the Yankees. So, like it's not like I no, think but but what about pitching though? Because I think that that's a that's an issue. Do you think that we could have gotten out and gone gotten some reliever or maybe gotten another hand in the starting rotation I potentially? Um, I definitely was campaigning to trade for a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. The guy that the guy that I wanted specifically was Taylor Rogers from the Twins, but he ended up going on the COVID IL the day before the trade deadline, so they didn't move him. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, seeing the return that the Twins asked for for Jose Barrios, I'm kind of glad we didn't go in that direction because the Twin because it, it was a seller's market at the deadline. Right. And no, this no, is the case. No denying that at all. Right. It was a major seller's market. We look at what was going on. You saw Jose Barrios, who's a Good pitcher. No, but he's not. He's not that good for what for what um for what Tampa gave up for him or Toronto. Toronto. Toronto well, like, he's me. a good pitcher. You see him fetching Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. Um, you see Javier Baez and Trevor Williams fetch um Pete Crow Armstrong. The packages that 
were being handed out were ridiculous in this trade deadline. And I'm glad the Red Sox only made like one major move getting Kyle Schwarber because look, Aldo Ramirez is like a top borderline top 10 was like a borderline top 10 prospect in our organization. And I didn't, I wouldn't want to give up like anything more than him at the top of our, at the top of our prospect pool. Right. Um, Casas was phenomenal in the Olympics. He's not been like ridiculous in double a, but like, again, he's 21 in double a, and he has a 370 on base percentage there. I mean, that's pretty good. The, mm-hmm. Maybe the power numbers aren't what we expected from him. But, like, he's still pretty good. Meyer um, obviously can't be, can't be traded because he was just drafted. Um, Duran, who's disappointed in the majors, and I think he needs more time in the minors. Downs has been disappointing in play, but I still think he's got potential. Mata is, like, super inconsistent. And then, but, like... Okay, now, now Sam, Sam. I think that, like, our better prospect, like Nick York, who's been phenomenal um, at A-ball, just got called up today. Like, I wouldn't want to trade him. I wouldn't want to trade Downs. I don't want to trade Connor Wong, Connor Seabold. I agree. Now, 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 Sam, let me ask you. We, we've talked a lot about the Red Sox and, and kind of what the season has gone so far. Going forward, obviously, you know, I think that – the team will level. I think the team will improve, right? We we agree that this it level can't stay this bad. It can't stay this bad, right? The team especially can especially now that the rotation is set as Sale, Avaldi, Pavetta, Rodriguez, those those guys, right? And, we don't and have Tanner Hauk. And Tanner, and Tanner Hauk. Hauk. We don't have now that like we have Tanner Hauk right in the rotation. And now we have Perez and Richards in the bullpen. I agree. Richards, by the way, has been great in the bullpen. Um, right, and I think and, I think I think those type of additions are good because Richards can also be a long reliever, like going multiple innings instead of just a one-inning pitcher. And I agree that Tanner Houck is incredible. Um, and that's exactly what Richards has been doing for us out of the right, bullpen. Right, and in his three In his three games out of the bullpen, he's gone eight innings, ten strikeouts, one walk, one earned run. Right. No, he's that's been excellent. really good. Now, and, now, I mean, yeah. what, I'm looking at Garrett Richards and saying – is this a guy that I can trust though in a high leverage long relief role? Because you're not, because there's right now one reliever that I can look at on this team and say I trust you, and that's Garrett Whitlock, who today was unbelievable. Two and two thirds. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My no least favorite thing out. about Garrett Richards and Nick Pavetta is their first inning pitching, right? That is usually their like when when Garrett Richards used to come in the first inning of games, he was horrendous, right? But I need to ask you, what can, what like we've talked about what the Red Sox have done. We know that this level of horrendous baseball is not sustainable. They'll get back, but we we want to make the playoffs. But what do you think going forward the Red Sox need to do to? do more than getting into the playoffs like like winning a playoff game what what changes need to be made who needs to be in our starting lineup like ideally who is our starting lineup tell tell me what you think about that because i think that we need to talk about going forward at this point all right um well i think that at this point you need to we need to have um what's his um what's his name um 
Kyle Schwarber at first base. I get that he's really not played much first base um, ever, but he's been taking reps there. We've been trying to get him to play there. And it allows us to have our eight best bats in the lineup plus the catcher. So the catcher spot, which is probably Vasquez for the playoffs, as as much as I don't like Vasquez right now, um, I think he's... I I think he's probably our best catcher. I like... I I mean, I think Plawecki's a better hitter and probably a better defender. Um, But, like, Vasquez, they seem to like him a lot. I think the pitchers Um, feel comfortable with him. Which is weird. Which is weird because... Because he a better game. Well, well, that's exactly what I was about to say. So, ideally, starting lineup going forward. Give it to Um, me. Schwarber at first. Mm -hmm. Arroyo at second. Bogarts at short. Devers at third. um, Verdugo in left. I, I think that... He's a phenomenal defensive left fielder. Mm-hmm. He's not himself in center. Got to have Kike Hernandez in center. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter, Hunter Renfro in right. And then J.D. Martinez is a DH. Who, by the way, mm-hmm. I also have some issues with what J.D. is playing right now. He had his best month in April, and it was, like, unbelievable. And he was... In April this in March and April this year, he had what a uh, he slugged seven forty five with a with, with a two ten WRC plus, and he walked ten point four percent of the time in mm-hmm. that month. Now, what in about August, what about what in about August, in August? JD ahead. Martinez has walked six percent of the time. That is a steep. That is a steep drop off. Now let me ask you: What about Jason Duran? Not ready yet, or is he more of a bench Jer- player? Jaron Duran is Jaren. definitely not ready. I will now. So will him? Will him and Bobby Dahlbeck be sitting on the on the bench um, as bats? Do you think is that where they belong? Honestly, I want Duran. I don't want to be wasting Duran's service time. I'd rather him be getting at bats at in the minor time. leagues. But but yeah. but Dahlbeck. You know, let's say it's the seventh inning in a game. We're up. Does Dahlbeck come in for Kyle Schwarber? Do you think in type in defensive type situations? Because no, because Dahlbeck's a bad defensive first baseman. You think he is? He's an awful defensive first baseman, and I don't think anything. I don't think anything you could. I don't think there's any data. But it's Bobby D. <laughs> I don't think there's a single data point that would favor an argument. I'm sorry, that. Sam. I love Bobby Dahlbeck, man. You're disappointing me. I, then, then you haven't watched the Red Sox. I, hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. I didn't say he was good. I really like him as a player, though. I don't. He's a nice guy, and I and I want him to do well. But he's detrimental to the team. But he's just not very good. <laughs> I definitely think that, like, yeah, he is negative seven outs above average at first base, which is three. Well, he also happens to strike out a ton, so he's not a good hitter. He's not a good fielder. He's not good. He's simply not good. Well, listen, if you're not good at hitting and you're not good at fielding, you're not good at baseball. Like, that, that is baseball. The only thing that Bobby Dahlbeck brings is the occasional home run. Like, the occasional power. 580-foot home run. Right. But but I think – here's the thing, and, and we'll wrap up here. Um Listen, I think – and I'll, I'll say something and then, Sam, you can kind of give us your conclusions. Like, I think the Red Sox are a talented team. I think they got a lot going for them. 
Um, I think that the lineup is very talented. I think that the talent just needs to come together. And I'm not saying we need to play like we did at the beginning of the year, but we need to find some sort I mean, of... If we want to win a World Series, we do. Right, right. That, But that's what I'm saying. If we can work up to that and sort of find some happy medium and then hit hit our stride right in September, right in October when the playoffs start, I think that is is very good. I think with the pitching staff being improved, hopefully the bullpen can be bolstered a little bit and hopefully Cora can fix some things up and we'll be back to where we were. Sam, take us to the end with your thoughts. Look, so the Red Sox right now, like the issue with the team stems a lot deeper than what a lot of people want to say. But I think that people are way too quick to blame Kind Bloom for just the people think that it's his fault that this team isn't isn't being successful right now. While why how could you blame him? The guy doesn't he comes in here and the team is put in a position where they are overperforming the their preseason projection. And they're playing themselves into a sooner window, which means they're playing themselves into a longer championship contending window. And why would you jeopardize the back end of the window when the front end of the window is so packed with talented teams right now, like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the White Sox, the Astros, the Giants, the Brewers. There's so many really good teams right now. The Rays, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. Like those are all teams that you could say are that are that you could say are better than this Red Sox team. Like this Red Sox team adding one or two guys is not making them like better than the Dodgers or better or better than like the White Sox in a playoff series going where they have th- where they have three guys that could that are like good aces. Um like as much as I love um, Eduardo Rodriguez, as much as I like Evaldi and Sale, I don't think like we are winning a playoff series against the White Sox. Like, I think we can. I actually disagree. I think we can beat the White Sox, but I digress. But, Continue. But, like my thing is, I think that people are way too quick to blame Heim Bloom for not trading for players when, in fact, trading for players would be destroying the farm system, which would be. Detrimental because the Red Sox have a very good farm system. Because the Red Sox, because Heim Bloom, all the work that he's done is not for a 2021 championship window, is for a 2023 and beyond championship. I agree. I agree. We're not. We're not. We're not supposed to be. A, I didn't think we we're supposed to be a championship team this year. This is a surprise to me. A pleasant. One. It was a surprise, and that's why I think that. I mean, if you told me in April that the Red Sox would be, like, a game away from the playoffs or right in the playoffs after, like, right in the playoffs in late August, I would have said, where do I sign up for that? But the fact that they were so good in the first half makes you think that there's more that this team has to offer, which is... The great illusion of baseball, the large sample size, is the great illusion of baseball because there's such small sample sizes that can be so great and so bad that creates an illusion of baseball. And I think that's why we love baseball. 
No, I agree. I think baseball, baseball is a special sport. Any any final thoughts, Sam, or or just go socks? <laughs> go socks. Go socks. That this team, as long as they are able to, as as long as like we're able to find someone, a guy or two to step up in the bullpen, and if JD Martinez stops, if this team stops swinging at everything. I think that they could be, they they could have something going going forward because they built a culture here that I think players want to buy into. I think people see the culture that the Red Sox are building. I think people are. I think people are going to like it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Red Sox culture is something special. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Sam, for coming on. Um, Sam is the host of the Power Hour. Uh, and you know, we all know that he, you still stream on sportscaster. Is that correct? No, no, no. Um, no. YouTube, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. Twitch, Twitter. Yeah. He is Twitter account, by the way. I mean, that is just, uh, that is, that is a lot. Um, a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of tweets. Um, thank you for Sam for coming on. Uh, I'll, I'll send, I'll put his links in the description. Sam, you can just send me those over and I'll put them in the description. Thank you all for listening. And you'll hear me in the next one. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.